This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House USA, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders in America. My name is Nick Hoadley and I'm the CEO of Insurance Search. We specialize in helping insurance businesses grow and multiply their growth by attracting, recruiting and retaining the highest performing insurance professionals in the country. Each week in the Coffee House, we interview leading insurance business leaders and discover how they achieve their success, learn what advice they have for other aspiring insurance business leaders, and we discover what makes their business an attractive proposition for high-performing talent. This week, we are delighted to be joined by the President and CEO of Legal and General America, Mark Holwiger. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Very well, Mark. Very well. How are you doing today? Uh, yeah, absolutely excellent. It's a beautiful day here in Washington, D.C., so the, uh, the sun is shining, blue skies, so it can't be bad. Fantastic, fantastic. We're delighted to have you joining us today. I'm sure our listeners are really looking forward to hearing about your career and some insights into how they can also become a success in leadership. Mark, before we go into the main body of our questions, can I just ask you to give a bit of an insight into your career background and your journey up to the role of CEO of Legal in General in America. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I was born in a town uh, in Wales, Wrexham. So, and I grew up in Wrexham. Uh, I went to school in Wrexham. Um, so that was where my formative years were. Uh, so Wrexham, fantastic place, great friends, but it was quite a tough environment. Uh, it used to be a coal mining and steel environment. However, like I say, during various recessions, uh, all those coal works and steel works shut down. And so the main way to get out uh, and get a career was education. So very early on, as a young lad, I realized I needed to get some exams uh, because there were no jobs in Wrexham. <laughs> it wasn't like you could go and not do your exams and just go and get a job. Uh, there weren't any. You would have been signing straight onto the dole. So I, I did okay in my exams and uh, I purposely aimed to go to London to a university. I went to Kingston uh, University in London because I knew there were jobs in London and I did an economics degree. Why did, did I do economics? Yet again, I enjoyed economics, but I also knew good chance of getting a job from economics. So that's what I did. Um, and then my first job uh, or, or serious job, I would say, was with a company called Commercial Union, which is now Aviva. Yeah. I went on their graduate scheme and the big thing, you know, how, how did I get where, where I, I got to? I've always been sort of very focused and driven as an individual and, and also very sort of driven to make a difference in a business and to deliver results. And what I found is if you deliver results, you do get noticed. Not straight away sometimes, you got to keep going. But I had, I, I was lucky, I was well lucky, I worked really hard, but I was able to, to get results for the business. And therefore that started um, getting myself promoted. And I, I tend to get promoted every two years. And yet, yet again, that was another benchmark for me. 
Yeah. If you're not getting promoted on a regular basis, you've got to question, what am I not doing right? Is this the right place? And the other thing you have to be willing to do is put yourself out of your comfort zone. Opportunities won't always land right in front of you. And you've got to be willing to maybe put yourself in an uncomfortable position by moving, by doing things which maybe you wouldn't have thought would be the natural next move. And so I've always been willing to do that. And it does have consequences, you know, to your broader life as well. And so you've got to make a decision, how ambitious are you? But I did do that. And I sort of worked up through uh, Aviva initially, but then I got spotted by others. And yet again, you also do need sponsors as well, who, and I, I would say to people, remember, as you go through you, your career, to be doing likewise with others. When you see people who are delivering and are good, make sure you help lift them up. And so I had people who helped lift me up at certain times of my career. And that's how I got to become a CEO, by delivering, delivering great results for various companies. Having sponsors, somebody who also took an interest in me as well, because I was doing great things, or people thinking, crikey, I want that person in my company, uh, because I've just done this uh, in another company. And sometimes I was taking business from that company. So they thought, I tell you what, we'll recruit him and we'll get him in our company. So that's, that's how I sort of um, achieved what I would say, or one of the key drivers. Fantastic. And you're now the CEO of Legal in General in America after serving some leadership positions in the UK. How did that opportunity come about and how have you found that transition moving stateside? So, yeah, how did it come about? So, first of all, I've been with uh, Legal in General now nine years. And I started off with Legal in General, first of all, in the PNC side, so the property and casualty, which was up until my main background. And then after about a year and a half in property and casualty, Legal in General are very good like this. They'll give you opportunities out of your comfort zone. And they said, hey, Mark, how do you like, how do you fancy coming over to the distribution on the life side? Yeah. And this is a, in the UK, we're number one. So it was a huge life business. I thought, wow, what a great opportunity. So I said, absolutely. Um, so I started um, then sort of uh, heading up the distribution for the life business. Uh, yet again, it's all about delivering results, uh, was delivering great results. So then I had an additional businesses uh, passed me, like the surveying business fell under me, the mortgage business fell under me. Various other companies within the UK uh, were being moved where I was controlling that distribution. Yet again, delivering fantastic results. You have to deliver. And, you know, sometimes you'd see another opportunity, but it wouldn't be where you'd be offered it, but you have to move on from that, keep delivering. And then what actually happened was the group CEO took notice and interest because I was uh, delivering uh, results and uh, started sort of taking a lot of interest in, in, in my career, my development. The company also sent me off on some training, but also some assessment programs, which they put all their potential future execs through. And I went on that uh, program as well. I, I, did, I did very well. I'm very proud of the fact I did very well. And, and that very much therefore put me right at the top of an op for an, a new opportunity and a bigger opportunity such as the CEO of the, of the insurance division in the United States. And I, I remember sort of I, I'd done this assessment and I, I went in to see um, the group CEO and uh, Nigel and Nigel said, Mark, you know, have you ever thought about you know, moving abroad, you know, are you mobile? And uh, we had a conversation about the various areas. And I remember going back to chat to my wife and I said, you know, to my wife, how would you feel about it? 
And she was open for it because sometimes it's timing in life. Our children now were sort of out of university. And I said, I'm fairly sure this will probably, there could be an opportunity coming here. And sure enough, it developed. You know, I went back, I spoke to Nigel, I spoke to, to, to my boss as well and said, yes, I'd, I'm certainly up for a new challenge. And it is a huge challenge to get on a plane and with your two suitcases after living your life in the UK, leaving everything behind, your family, your friends, and you arrive at Dulles Airport with just two, two suitcases. There are times when you look at each other and think, what are we doing? Yeah. And so do not underestimate the challenge, but that makes life interesting. And, and you know, has it been easy? No. To a certain extent, for me, the, the business side, because it's business and I enjoy business, the challenging side is maybe from the personal side mm. of, of, you know, coming into a new country and also for your partner. And my wife had a very successful job in the UK, which she walked away from. Uh, she was the director of a charity in the UK. So it's not an easy decision and you can't go into it lightly. But it's what I said at the beginning. If, if, if you are sort of uh, want to get on and you want to move up in a career, you do have to put yourself, you know, sometimes in these situations where you're willing to accept change and try something really quite different. Yeah. If you, if you really want to grab, and you've got to grab those opportunities, but be honest with yourself. Because I often speak to a lot of people, they tell me, oh, my, you know, I'm really ambitious, but they want everything right in front of them on a plate. Life doesn't work like that. Right. Thank you, Mark. I think that's so interesting. And find what you say about the balance between the business opportunity and the, the personal opportunity particularly interesting. We obviously work with a lot of insurance executives in the States who might be moving from one state of the, to the other or from one one coast to the other. And actually, business remains pretty much the same. But it's, is it the personal side of things, which you think is the, the hardest transition and the thing to think about most? I actually think it is, yes. Because the business side, in, in general, business is very similar no matter where it is. But obviously you have the huge cultural differences. But, you know, running a P&L, there's a lot of sort of similar considerations, but you're just in a different marketplace. Uh, and, you, you know, you need to understand that marketplace and understand that customer. But the principles you apply are, 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 are so there's a lot of consistency. The personal challenge, I think, is very different, especially because it's not just you. You know, if it is just you, I think it's probably easy. So if you're a single person... I think it's probably more straightforward. But when you're in a team and you have a, have a, a partner um, or you have children, it is much more challenging because it's trying to make sure it's working for all parties. Because the thing is, as well, is, you know, you have to be happy in your home life. And I'm a true believer in this balance between home life and work life. And I always say to, you know, everybody, all my team, you know, I need you happy at home because if you're happy at home, you're happy in the work. And you're going to be sort of good to be around. If people are unhappy at home, it's very hard not to bring it into the work environment and you're going to be distracted. So, uh, yeah, it is. And, and like I said, the thing I would say to people, I would, I would absolutely say it's a great thing to do, but really think it through and do not underestimate the challenge and the amount of effort you need to make. I, I'll give you one, one example as one, Nick. In, in a way, it's a little bit like um, business development. Activity out results in and you have to also treat it from a personal point of view when you go into a completely new country you have to do a lot of activity to build a friendship network 
And the issue you'll have is a lot of these people have had friends for the last 40, 50, they've lived here all their life. They've, I haven't got, sorry, there's no vacancy yeah. for any new friends. We're full, <laughs> we're full, we're full. You have to put a lot out to sort of build a, uh, a network and a social network, not only for you, but also for your family and for your partner as well. And that takes a lot of work as well. And you, you, so you have to be willing to put that work and effort in as well. Uh, so, yeah, do not underestimate the challenge is what I'd say to anybody. And how have things been since you've taken that role? And, and what plans do you have for the business over the next few years? Yeah, I, I mean, things have, are, are really um, great. You know, we, well, we're obviously dealing with a very unusual situation currently yeah. um, with obviously, you know, a, a pandemic Uh, We've got a recession um, as well across the globe uh, and also obviously all around the the racial tensions as well uh, and a lot going on in politics. But putting that on one side for now, just talking about where where we're looking to go as a business is we're very ambitious, um, you know, where we want to take the U.S. business. We are actually number two on the term life side in the U.S. market through the broker distribution. So we're actually a pretty sizable uh, company in the United States on the, on the life side. But we have huge ambition because we see huge opportunity to protect more American families. There's a huge gap when it comes to protecting American families in the United States, especially middle America and below. Uh, there seems to be a lot of focus on middle America and above uh, when it comes to life insurance and not below. And, and the other thing as well is we, we really focus on making term life insurance very easy to buy, because it should be. It's not expensive, basic term life insurance. And it's a product everybody should be aware of so they can make an informed choice. So where we are focusing is around using technology and simplifying those journeys, digitizing those journeys. And by doing that, making it more accessible. And so therefore, we have huge ambitions around growing our business. We're looking for double-digit growth, um, you know, year on year. And when I say double-digit growth, it's not just top line. It's all about as well sustainability, which is bottom line. Yeah. And I've always said this as yet again, is anybody can just grow a top line of a business, but to make it sustainable, you need to grow that bottom line of the business. And that's what we're focused on because we want a sustainable uh, company where we're there for our customers uh, when they need us to be able to pay those claims and protect, protect those families. So yeah, we, we're very excited. And like I say, huge, huge, ambition within within the US and also create jobs. That's what it's all about. It's about creating jobs and putting back into uh, society, into the US economy by creating jobs uh, is a great thing. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mark, for for giving us that background into your career and and also the work that you're doing there at Legal in general. I think it's really important for our listeners to have that understanding and that that sense of, of you as a person, but also the business that you're leading when answering the questions. Mark, before we go into our first question, can I just ask you what your coffee of choice is in the morning? Uh, well, I've, I've been transformed now in America. Uh, so I actually, I, hopefully I can say brands, but they have Keurigs. I've never heard of a Keurig before, uh, but a Keurig, and I always have the Green Mountain breakfast blend. So it's not too heavy. It uh, doesn't give you too much of a kick. Uh, so yeah, I always have one of those, well, actually a couple, in the morning and then that's it i must admit after around about sort of uh 9 30 10 no more coffee i'm done that's it i'll have to i'll have to google that one mark (laughs) (laughs) you need a keurig as well uh nick so hey (laughs) yeah (laughs) sounds like it (laughs) 
Mark, how did you break into the C-suite and how did you find that transition from your previous role up into that C-suite position? Yeah, so the first breakthrough I, I made was actually when I left Aviva and I got my first director role at AXA. And it's going to go back actually to what I mentioned in the, in the opening. How did I make that break into it? Well, I was in a, uh, at Aviva. Actually, I was about to go through the third merger. So you had commercial union with GA. I went through that merger. Then it was now Norwich Union coming in. And I'd gone through each merger, sort of the role had got bigger, but uh, the pay hadn't necessarily, <laughs> but the role got bigger. And, but I carried on doing, you know, a great job, growing businesses, making money. And what happened is I had a phone call uh, to join Axis, so I was headhunted. But it was by a former uh, boss of mine um, who had left and joined um, AXA. He was actually the guy who recruited me as a graduate into commercial union. Wow, really? And, and he obviously must have been tracking my career. And he said, look, we've got this director role. We'd love you to come and join uh, the business. The, also the CEO at the time at AXA, he had also been my mentor in commercial union. So yet again, I'm assuming maybe had been keeping an eye on me. And so I obviously went to the, the process of the interviews and things such as this. And I was offered that role as a director in, in Axel for the corporate partnership business. The move though, it is, it was a challenge. So I moved into the role and, and it did hit me fairly quickly. This was a different level. I'd been managing businesses before, but this was at a much higher level. And also because it was covering all of the UK, it was much more strategic in, in how you had to think. And so the first few months was a big learning curve. And there would have been times when I would have thought, Crikey, can I, can I do this? Because mm. I felt it was that bigger move. However, you have to have confidence in your ability you look back and you think, I've overcome challenges in the past, and I always overcome challenges. Yes, it's not always smooth sailing. And so why do I not think I'm going to not succeed? I've never not eventually succeeded. And so that was the attitude I took and, and basically started thinking all the things of how I apply myself when I go into a new role and start doing that. And it worked. And then, you know, within six months, things are really working well. Also, the other thing I encourage people to do is use your network and stakeholders to take advice. I always will pick up the phone and ask people's opinions all the time. I still do it now. And people are wonderful. They will share lots of great ideas with you. And it's free. And so many people try to solve problems in their darkened room. Yeah. Just pick up the phone. Talk to people. Go and see people. And you will come up with great ideas. And you have to be honest. Not yours necessarily, but that doesn't matter. If you apply them and it gets great results, that's what it's all about. So, so that's what I did. So, but it was that first move up into that directorship role. It was, it was, uh, it, I felt the significance of that move, yes. Big, big leap. Um, yeah. And what would you say has been your biggest achievement so far in your leadership career? I think, so. you know, to choose one, I'd find really difficult. And, but what if, if I did it more on a, on a macro level, what is my biggest achievement? It is making transformational differences to businesses in a positive way. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's about getting step change in driving the profit of that business. Because from that, I get no, nothing pleases me more 
than growing a business and then walking in and seeing more people that you're able to give jobs to or looking and seeing that you, and I like to say, I, I'm very proud of the industry I work in. I, we protect families. We have a fantastic product, which is, serves a really good social purpose. And therefore, to realize that we are protecting more families. Mm. So I think that for me, and, and so when I go into these roles, and you know, I did it within the UK, those roles, and I saw this transformational difference in, in what I'm doing, and yet again in the United States, to do that uh, and leading that team. For, for me, so I know it's a very broad one, Nick, but rather than sort of saying, yeah, well, I did it, then at this company, and trying to choose one over the other one mm. would be quite difficult because mm. every time it gives me that buzz. And, and I always say, you know, when I, when I say to people, I, you know, doing flat lines doesn't interest me. <laughs> it's all about making a difference. And to be honest, you, I approach all my life like that every day. And, you know, I, I also measure myself literally by the minute. I don't compete against others. I only compete against me. And I measure myself every minute. Have I done the best I could? And there'll be some times where I know I could do better, but it's always reflecting all the time. So, and that, that's just how I approach life in general. Fantastic. And Mark, have you ever had a time, a challenging situation where perhaps you were overlooked for a role or you thought you should have been promoted, but, but you weren't? It's a long list. <laughs> but that's my opinion. And that's the thing you've got to remember. Okay. You might think you should be getting this next role. It's your opinion. And there's a lot of other people out there with alternative opinions. And you've got to respect that. So absolutely. And the thing I would say to people is, I'll be amazed if there's anybody who said, oh, I've never been overlooked. You will get overlooked for roles. And I had it very early on in my in my career. And, and you'll continuously get it. The big thing for me is resilience. Yeah. Keep, keep doing a great job and you will, you will rise. And the other thing as well is, but also, as I said before, resilience. So keep doing a great job, keep delivering, but then also you have to be willing to also put yourself out. Don't expect it to be the role you expected. You've got to be willing to take on new challenges and new opportunities. And if you're not, just be honest with yourself and say, well, that's probably the reason I'm getting stuck somewhere. And, and, and self-responsibility, it is down to you. Don't blame others. It's down to you. If you want to succeed, it's down to you. And once you start taking self-responsibility, it makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, one thing I also talk, you know, I, when I talk to people, I say, key, everything's down to you. Don't blame others. Don't be a victim. It's down to you. And if you keep putting yourself out there, like you said, getting outside of that comfort zone, you'll have more and more opportunities. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get all of those opportunities, but, but you're going you're gonna to be trying and you're going to be putting yourself out there for those roles. Uh, no, absolutely. And also, it does, like I said before, though, but it does have consequences. You know, there are times, for a time when I, I was getting on an airplane on a Sunday night, and I wasn't arriving back until the next Saturday morning. And I'd be doing that for months and months and months. There are times when I'd be getting in a car on a Monday and then living in a hotel until a Friday. Mm. So yet again, you know, there are times you are putting yourself because it's, it's it, you've got to be 
able to think I'm comfortable with doing that. And that is very challenging, especially when you have a family and getting that balance right. And, and what it, you know, and therefore you're very conscious. And then when you're around your family to make sure you're putting as much time into it as well. And it's also, you know, for, for me, you know, I, I've got a, a great wife and it's about teamwork as well. And like I say, she, you know, in the UK had a very successful career. We just worked very much as a team is what I would say. But like I say, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not plain sailing. Uh, it really isn't. And Mark, if we can just move now to the current situation, obviously we're in the middle of a, a global pandemic, but how does legal in general use technology and implement technology for the benefit of your customers and your stakeholders? Yeah. So as I said before, we've always been a very technology driven organization because, you know, in, in today's world, customers needs are changing and, and it's changing in uh, sort of that digital world. And we have to be able to meet those changing customer needs. And so how are we doing that? And it's building what I was saying before. So what we're doing is we, with all our products, we're making sure they're, they're digital, digital journeys and and Omni as well. And when I mean Omni, you can buy it on your, on your iPhone, you can buy it on your laptop, you can go to the phone, you can go see somebody face-to-face. But that ability to swap digitally around any medium you want. So we're putting that in place um, in our business within in the US. We're currently doing a major sort of uh, digital transformation program, uh, which we're doing in an agile way. So yet again, this isn't uh, the old way of building programs is you'd go and build something for two or three years in a darkened room, uh, not talking to your customer, go, here you go. The way we do it now is we do sprint releases every two weeks. We're building it with our customers, with, with focus groups and forums saying, we're building this for you. So this is what it will do. Is that right? Do we change it? So that's how we're working digital way to build these digital solutions for our customers and also for our key stakeholders. The other thing as well, obviously with COVID, uh, we have moved to virtual um, office situations. So I have 96% of our people working from home. And we were able to do that within weeks. We didn't drop anything. We maintained all our service levels. But yet again, we had invested as a company very heavily in our digital capability. So we were able to pivot very quickly to a digital world. The thing we're now sort of obviously looking at is, and we're still 96% working away, but what does the future work environment look like? And and even though we can operate in a digital way, work, working from home, we're also very conscious around uh, mental health and well-being. Right. And, and therefore, we've sort of taken, it's a, gonna, I think it's going to be a balanced approach because although the technology might be there to support, it's beyond technology. It's also around mental health and well-being as well. And uh, we need to really sort of, you know, look at that broader picture when we're looking to make sure, you know, what we are a great place to work and a great company to work for. So very engaged in that area. That's incredible that you've been able to be so agile for such a large company. Clearly that investment in technology pre, pre-COVID and pre the pandemic paid serious dividends. Yes, you know, and... Uh, Yes, absolutely. You know, gee, I, it's, is it, was it luck? Well, it was always part of our strategy, yeah. uh, you know, to be a technical and, and digital company. And yes, you know, I'd rather not have had the situation. Obviously, none of us would have. It's, 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 it's so sad what's, what's happening. Um, but yes, we were well positioned because yeah. we had invested so heavily in the technology side. 
and going forward now, what do you see as the, the major challenges for insurance executives? Is it coming through this, this pandemic stage? Is it utilising technology? Or what, what do you think are the, the major challenges for insurance executives? Um, I, I think, first of all, the pace of change is just going to continue. It's going to grow. Yeah. Uh, it's not going backwards. So it's making sure you're getting yourself out of the weeds and looking over the horizon at the broader landscape of what's happening in the market. Technology, what will be happening is with technology, we'll have new entrants coming into our markets. And that's whether they're carriers or distribution partners. The other thing we're seeing is a different sort of dynamic coming in with all this venture capitalist money coming in to a lot of markets because of technology. Everybody is trying to get exponential growth. You know, everybody wants to be the next Amazon and are looking at traditional industries such as insurance thinking there must be an opportunity there to get exponential growth. And I agree there is. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly where legal in general are and want to be. But what is also happening is uh, legal in general, we're, we're an established business and our shareholders expect us to deliver a return on, on capital. Some of these new venture capitalist companies that are coming in, um, they're not expecting a return on capital for 10, 15 years. They're able to write at a loss. And it's, it's all about growth. And to a certain extent, it's not so much affecting the carrier side, though, because we take risk as well. And a lot of venture capitalists don't like to take risk. <laughs> but where it is, I'm finding, is the distribution side, the broker side, whereby you've got your traditional brokers who are having to uh, play to the old rules of you need to make profit every single year, every quarter. And then you've got these new companies coming in whereby, no, you know, there's hundreds of millions of dollars going in and we don't expect you to make money for three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. And that's, I think that sort of dynamic is going to continue. Mm. And, but do you know what, Nick? That's what makes business such great fun. Yeah. Because I tell you what, if it was predictable, well, how, how boring would life be if you knew this is what was going to happen? And for me, that's what it's all about. It makes it fun. And there'll be something that I've not even mentioned here that I can't currently even see on the horizon that's going to come. But that's what makes it fun. Certainly interesting times ahead. Yes. That brings us nicely onto the espresso round, Mark. So called because it's short, sharp and straight to the point. So you, so you ready for your Green Mountain espresso? I am. Okay, I'm there. I'll, I'll, I'll break my rule. I'll have one more coffee sip. <laughs> Fantastic. The espresso round. Mark, what are the characteristics about legal in general that make it such a great place to work at? A few sharp points I'd make then to keep it espresso. Great people. Um, I love the culture. We trust each other, empowerment and teamwork. It is it is the best company I've ever worked for. Now, you might say I would say that, but do you know what? It absolutely is a fantastic company. Love it. It sounds like it's all about the people, which is fantastic. Yep. What opportunities do you provide to high-performing insurance professionals and leaders who want to progress their career to that next level? Well, hopefully by some of what I've been saying about my career, I think demonstrates it. You know, what do we provide? Well, we certainly give uh, training and support. Um, mentoring and coaching. Um, you learn a lot as well, I say, because I work with a lot of very bright people who you're constantly learning from. But the thing which really struck me about legal in general, which 
I think stands them out is their willingness to put you out of your comfort zone and for them to take that risk. I spoke earlier, they moved me from the PNC business to running the distribution of the largest life company in the UK. Now, what a fantastic opportunity, but they were willing to take that risk. And yet again, now what have they now done lately? They've moved me from the UK to the United States to run the life business in the United States. And I think, you know, that is fantastic. And I see that time and time again with legal in general, whereby, yes, you have to deliver, you have to show you've got the capability, but we will move people and give people the opportunity. They've got to be willing to grab it, but we will move people to these um, roles which might be out of their comfort zone. And I've seen it within the investment management business, Elgin, within LGR, the retirement business, and also within the life business. There is a risk there, but they, they clearly believe in you, and that must give you an awful lot of confidence moving into that role. It does. And I think the other thing as well is the reality is when you go, when you do that, but there's a lot of people when you move into those teams that really know that part of the business. So what you do is you can add a new dynamic because you'll approach it from a different way. And that can add huge, huge value. So yes, there's risk, but in a way that the upside can be great. And I think that's what legal in general see as, as an organization, which like I said, I think is fantastic. And what do you look for, whether they be skills or behaviors when taking on new executives into the team? I, I think, you know, some of the key things for me is first of all, the cultural fit. Yeah. And I always see it's a two-way process when we're looking at, when, when you're looking to join a company. It's as much you interviewing the individuals, they're interviewing you. So that cultural fit is really important because it is about teamwork. It's about being collaborative, you know, and just straightforward. All our values as well and purposeful as well. So, you know, the other thing as well is about having the drive. Yeah as well and and you want to make a difference and of course you know capability is really really key and you know your your capability to deliver at a high level and having the competencies we're looking for within the role great fantastic mark what would you say is the largest challenge though that you find when trying to bring in new talent and what are your biggest frustrations sometimes with the recruitment market yeah so Two, two challenges. First of all, the wheat from the chaff, as I would say. So it's actually often there'll be a, a, a huge sort of large group of people you're looking at and really finding the talent is often sometimes challenging. So you need a recruitment partner that can really understand what your culture, your values are and what you're looking for so you're not sort of looking at too many. The other big challenge is around diversity and inclusion. Now, it's something I feel very passionate about. And as a company, we feel very passionate about. And it's not, you know, it's, it's gender, it's, it's race, it's, it's that broad diversity we are looking for because our customers are diverse, more diverse companies perform better. Mm. I want to start off with a diverse pool. In that way, I'm really going to get the best. That's brilliant, Mark. And it, it sounds like that links well with what you were saying earlier about bringing dynamism from, from different quarters, having that diversity of thinking. It. Yeah, and well, the other thing as well, Nick, is I'm willing to go often out of industry. Mm. Uh, actually, you've got to be considered in that approach. But I have taken people at senior roles out of industry. Because yet again, we have a lot of technical people in our company who know really fantastic. 
And so sometimes adding that new way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, but like I so say, you've, you've got to make sure it's not too abstract. But yet again, I've had some tremendous success when I move people from, you know, different industries um, in, into our company. Uh, yeah, which is which is fantastic. That can also be really rewarding as well, because it's, it's often an educational piece to teach them about the insurance industry and why risk is is actually such a great industry to be part of. So I'm sure that's very rewarding as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mark, final question in the espresso round. If there are any insurance executives out there in the States at the moment considering their next position, what would be your advice be to them? What I would say is go for it because basically action out results in. And, you know, and, and you know, the thing I would say is, you know, Please, you'll see me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, we also, uh, our website as well uh, for Legal in General America. Uh, so we're always there. If you want to get in touch with us around opportunities and uh, careers as well. But, uh, you know, the big thing for me is if you, if you do nothing, you'll get nothing. It's as simple as that. If you do something, you will get a result <laughs> if you do something. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark. I think you really demonstrate today. You certainly live and breathe that, which is which is brilliant and really inspiring for our listeners. We will leave your contact details, your your LinkedIn link on our show notes today for, for listeners to reach out to you after the show. Do you have one piece of closing advice for them? Closing advice, I would say, is resilience. That is a key in life. Keep going. And when things are going great, it's easy. Winning is easy. It's dealing when things don't go as planned. But then when you turn it around, do you know what? It's a fantastic feeling. And, and the toughest wins are the best wins. You get much more pleasure out of the toughest possible wins where you think there's no way, you know, this could happen. And you then deliver. Wow, that is, that is, that is an amazing feeling. So, that's what I'd say to people. Keep going in life. That's the important thing. And keep that balance in life as well. Work life. Like I say, happy at home. You'll be happy at work. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mark. Really, really appreciate you joining us in the Insurance Coffee House today. I'm sure our listeners would have learned an awful lot from you. And I've certainly found what you've had to say very, very inspiring indeed. So, so thank you for joining us today. Nick, it's been a pleasure and take care. Thank you very much. And To all our insurance business leaders out there, whether you're based in the United States or internationally in the UK, Europe or around the world, we thank you for listening today and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, please leave us a review on your podcast app and remember to download and subscribe so you receive brand new episodes into your podcast app each week. Till next time. I've been Nick Hoadley, and this has been the Insurance Coffee House USA. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.